Welcome to Between Heaven and Earth, an internet radio talk show where we help you connect spirit and divine guidance. Lisa Kay, your host, brings you shows that can enhance and transform your life with tips and new ideas for more happiness, abundance, and better relationships. Lisa is an expert on intuition and can show you how to strengthen your inner guidance to empower yourself. Each show is positive and uplifting to inspire your day. Her guest speakers are specialists on self-help, positive thinking, spirituality, and conscious living. Be the best that you can be with Between Heaven and Earth, conscious living for your soul. And angel blessings to everyone. I'm Lisa Kay, your host, and I've got a really great show for you today. I'm very excited. I've got a wonderful guest who has been doing work that's very close to what I do, and it it just synergizes so super well, and I know you're going to love him and his work. Our show today is called Using Your Intuition for Innovation and Inspiration. Do you want to tap into your inner genius and access your best ideas, innovations, and your soul-inspired brilliance? In our noisy, fast-paced, modern-day lives, it's easy to lose touch with that inner voice that drives all creative entrepreneurs and adventurers. My guest today, Greg Boyson, teaches us how to get back to ourselves, harness that inner knowing, and manifest these inspirations into creative projects and products. In his new book entitled, Hacking the Gap, A Journey from Intuition to Innovation and Beyond, Entrepreneur, speaker, and author Greg Voisin presents a concise process to unlock our human potential, taking advantage of those aha moments and connecting with our intuition. Hacking the Gap focuses on the journey of the entrepreneur and inventor and provides both practical and pragmatic advice on how to bring a new product or service to market. So I think those of you who are interested in your own business, being an entrepreneur, whatever kind of business it is, this show is for you. So let me tell you a little bit about Greg. Greg is a thought leader in the personal growth and human potential movement. He's founder of Inside Personal Growth, which is a podcast program, and it reaches thousands of people on topics including personal growth, business, wellness, mastery, and spirituality. Greg has interviewed over 330 authors in these fields and has developed over 900 hours of recorded podcasts over the last 10 years. So you should go listen to his podcast. It's really awesome. Greg's book, Hacking the Gap, incorporates the years of knowledge Greg has compiled through his personal experiences in business and as a serial entrepreneur, as well as the knowledge he acquired through the interviews with hundreds of personal growth authors, and business thought leaders through Inside Personal Growth. Greg is also co-author with John Selby on wisdom, wellness, and redefining work to bring awareness to businesses about the impacts that stress is playing in the workplace and to effectuate a positive change in coping with stress with the intention of reducing medical costs and improving employees' overall engagement and performance in the workplace. Greg also has bachelor's degrees in business management from San Diego State University and a master's degree in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Welcome, Greg. I'm so excited you're here with us today. Well, thank you, Lisa, for having me on. And um, 
just to clarify a bit, I, it was a great intro. You made me sound wonderful. Um, there's been over 630 interviews at Inside Personal Growth, uh, not 330. So it, I've been at it a long time, almost 11 years, interviewing authors on personal growth, wellness, spirituality, mastery, business. So, yeah, go check out Inside Personal Growth if you're interested. Hey, sorry about that, Greg. You know, it's funny. I looked at the number, and I wanted to make sure I got the 30 in there, so I think I said three twice. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> 630 okay. is a lot. It's a lot of shows <laughs> and authors. Oh, yeah, go listen to the show. It's really awesome. Um, and, and geez, well, you know, it must be just it's such a wonderful range of topics. So, But this show I'm really excited about. Um, talking about your new book, Hacking the Gap, and uh, it was it's a great read. I actually went through it um, the other day, and there are a lot of great things in here, and it sort of piqued my interest in terms of um, using it myself to get, you know, d- new ideas, because that, uh, those of us who are entrepreneurs and trying to drive our business, or even, I think, if you're not an entrepreneur and you just want to further your life, whether it's uh, in career um, or things that you're doing just to enhance your self-growth, um, this book is really going to help everybody. And it started to make me think about, geez, you know, I'm always trying to come up with new ideas for my business. And, and you know, you want to pick the best, but you never know what the best is, right? So, you, you want, uh-huh. so, you know, let's pull it out from um, through our intuition to get, get to that, uh, I guess, that divine knowledge, if you want to if you want to call it that. So, um, right. so tell us a little bit about how hacking the gap came about, how, you know, wh- wh- why are you talking about intuition and innovation and, and what's the story behind it all? Well, thank you, Lisa. Thanks for being on your show. And uh, thanks for asking that question. You know, this whole hacking the gap process has been evolving over many, many years of consulting business owners, both small, medium and large businesses Um, around innovation, but really more importantly about, you know, spawning new ideas with inside their companies. You know, how does that process actually occur? What really occurs to have somebody come up with a new idea, right, and then take the idea to a point, whether it's in a group or an individual, and usually it is with groups of people, um, to a point where, they go, okay, this idea is worth pursuing. What are the, what are the uh, elements associated with that? And I went through this process so many times with organizations that I thought, well, I'm going to codify this in a book. I'm going to say, you know, what are the steps that actually occur in the process from someone having an intuitive thought, whether it's in a group or individually, whether you're in the shower or you're in a team meeting and you guys are spawning up ideas through a mastermind or a group session, to having this huge insight to then capturing the idea and recording it and then going from there to being super inspired about it and then going from there to incubating it and then igniting it and then into innovation and implementing it. So those are the things that really inspired me. So what did you, as people are going through this, I'm just thinking about how we all come up with these uh, ideas that come up that we feel, oh, this, this, this feels like it. This feels like, it. you know, they feel, it feels like an inspiration. And, and do you, how do you know that that's, um, 
that's something you should go forward with? Or is that the process you go through in your cycle to figure out whether that inspiration, that intuitive message was the right one or not? Well, I think what you do, Lisa, when you're when you do it, you're basically, as you know, because you've written as much about intuition and are the intuition expert, as far as I'm concerned, that when you get a hit on something, um, and you use certain processes in your um, book as well, which is what really intrigued me is the intuition on demand element. Um, that you know, people have these ideas. And then they have to prove those ideas, right? They basically have to mm-hmm. say, okay, I, I thought of this idea. Now I have to record it. And now from the recording, I have to actually go out to other people and say, what do you guys think of this idea? You have to have a lot of faith in yourself and trust in yourself mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. – you know, you're not going to get knocked down by other people. And I write about it in the book. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have a great idea and they stuff it because they're afraid. And the ego is the thing that I also speak about along with the soul. If your soul's calling you and you really feel compelled, you you have to remove the fear. You have to um, use techniques that I've provided in the book and techniques you can get from other spiritual-based authors to say, no, I'm listening to my soul. I'm going to follow the soul's calling. This is an intuitive idea that I think is worth pursuing, regardless of the negative and the soothsayers out there and the people that virtually will tell you, well, that idea isn't going anywhere. You're never going to get that, you know, to market. Um, It'll never turn into anything. And then you, if you buy into fear, you find out, well, Somebody else took your idea, you, you read about it in the newspaper, and all of a sudden you see this great idea you have, and somebody's making millions of dollars with it, right? Pretty yeah. typical. Yeah, and I, I like what you say about how we've got, um, we think we have an idea, and then we start, or we have that intuitive inspiration that seems to feel like it's right, and then we kind of talk, talk ourselves out of it. Do you have any... Um, techniques or process, what, what would you suggest to someone to when that starts to happen? Because I know that happens a lot to people. It's like, you know, that they have this self-doubt. How do we combat well, that? Well, it's the negative self-talk that starts in. And again, mm-hmm. that is the EGO, ego, which is, we say, edging God out. I've used that term a lot. And in mm-hmm. essence, you're not listening to the soul's calling. But the technique that's used to actually eliminate that or remove uh, some of that is to surround yourself with nature, to take more walks, um, to go to the beach, like here in California, obviously, we're going to take walks on the beach, we can go to the mountains, um, to give yourself time um, to not only contemplate, but to be open to receiving. And whether it's yoga or meditation or any of what I call the mindset applications that you choose to use, you basically need to fundamentally work every day at practicing something because this is all a practice. As you talk about in your book, intuition on demand is about asking questions. And one of the things I loved about your book Mm -hmm. as well was that it was about asking those questions And then listening from within, being in a place, I have a technique in the book that I call the silence 
solution. And it works mm-hmm. every time. And so here's something I'd recommend people practice is that they sit in a chair for 15 minutes with their eyes open, observe the room, observe everything around the room and what's in it. Then virtually have a pad and a piece of paper next to you. Um, ask your soul, your higher self, a question. And either whether you have a mantra that you want to use or a statement, sit in the chair for 15 minutes with your eyes closed. Now, there are a lot of people that's going to seem like a long time. And when you virtually uh, emerge from that, opening your eyes, observing the room, just write what comes out. Write, 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 write. And you'll be surprised at what will evolve in the process of just doing the silent solution, sitting in silence for 30 minutes, uh, 15 minutes just looking at your room, awareness around you, having a pad of paper, um, asking a question, and then going deep with that question and seeing what comes up and then writing. Wow. You know, and I've heard a little bit about that in terms of, um, I think, uh, um, what's her name, Julie... Cameron, who wrote uh, The Artist's Way, Julie talked Cameron. a little bit about, yeah. you know, having the chance to just sort of, you know, uh, free flow, you know, and, and that seemed to, it sounds like this is a way to connect to that uh, that inner genius, so to speak, that will, without your it, ego getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's, and that's awesome. Because I, I think that, that if you use... If you use the silent solution, I'm not saying every day, but even if you did that once a week, you'd be surprised at how you would start to fine-tune those elements that are there that you're not hearing because you're just too busy. I think I heard you say in the introduction, you know, um, I used to teach a course called Never Mind the Noise, Thriving in a World of Ever-Increasing Complexity. We live in a world that's so complex and has so much noise and there's so much distraction that taking 30 minutes to be silent is almost like, a, you know, it's like a retreat somewhere. So I tell people to retreat mm. if they can for that 30 minutes. If they can for longer, you know, maybe you could take a whole day a week if you had that. Um, the longer you can take, the better. And the reason I say that is because the deeper the ideas get evolved and the quicker the process becomes, you know. All these major corporations, mm-hmm. Adobe, um, Microsoft, Google, the reason they give their developers so much free time is because coding is a creative process. They're solving a problem. And, you know, they might be out on their surfboard. They might be running. They might get their runners high. They may come into something where their subconscious mind has a click off of something that was said during the day. But the companies are saying, look, guys, take the time off. Be in this open, Mm -hmm. free, creative environment to do that. Um, You know, you see companies advocating naps now as well. Um, Anything to actually relieve what I call the shiny objects that are distracting everybody all day long, which is your email and your text and the cell phone and all the things that are ringing, binging, Mm -hmm. and dinging to try and get your attention. (laughs) That's fascinating. It's actually reminding me of times when it worked for me, Um, and I need to do it more because you know I'd like to have it happen more often. That those the uh, you know wonderful aha or ideas, uh, inspiration that comes up. I remember I was trying to come up with a 
um, a, 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 a video giveaway, you know, what topic and what, what should I write on that, that's the, you know, what should I talk about that people are going to really enjoy. And I, what I decided to do is I left my office and it was Christmas time and I went out into my living room and I sat on the floor and I stared at the Christmas tree <laughs> and um, tried, and I just kind of like, oh, well, what should I do? And I relaxed, and all of a sudden I got uh, the title for one of the best talks that I ever gave. Uh, it was actually one of the first talks that I created, um, and it happened to be um, a, a very, very popular one. So it was, it was so nice that that worked out really well. Uh, another time, um, as you were talking about software development, um, when I was developing software, one of the things I had to do was come up with a new way to process um, uh, some calculations. And I got, and I, I, I thought, you know, let me take a break. And I went over to, I remember I was sitting up at this like high table, it was almost like a, a table that was up against a window that was sort of like a bar height and uh, on a uh-huh. tall stool. And I sat there, I looked out the window and all of a sudden, bing, it came to me on how to how to do it. And I, I, I used... Um, basically a stack <laughs> and and um and it it it, may, it actually when i implemented it was incredibly fast um and much faster than they thought you could ever do with this particular calculation and so those th- those are times that it worked i want to have to do that more often greg <laughs> yeah well um you, you know, mentioned now, before the show we wanted to give people things to practice and, and in my book they can go to that or if they want to email me they can and i'll give them an email address I'll send them the silent solution practice. There's actually about 12 steps that are associated with that. But um, really, it's quite That's simple. Awesome. When, um, yeah, it's not why complicated. Why don't you, uh, before be you rush off, tell, tell, yeah, tell people where they could reach you and uh, what your email address or if they have a website. Do you want to share that right now? And Sure. They can go to www.hackingthegap.com. If they want to learn more about the book and the cycle that I have, which we're, we're kind of talking about here that I went through very briefly, um, the actual PDF of that assignment solution is not there. So they'll need to email me at greg at illuminate, E-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E dot net or greg at hackingthegap.com. Either one, they can reach me and we can certainly get them a copy of the silent solution. Greg at hackingthegap.com. I love it. It's easy, and and Greg's going to send you some real good, some awesome goodies. Uh, Greg, so you had talked about in your book the pinballs of connectivity. So uh-huh. it's a, apparently an analogy. Could you tell us what that is and uh, how, how it might help people who want to invent uh, something or uh, like create a new product or a service? Certainly, Lisa. It's it's really not that difficult, but if you think of the old pinball games versus the digital games you have on your iPad or your cell phone or whatever you're playing, Candyland, there's, there's a zillion of them out there. But in the olden days, which pinball machines are making a comeback now, used to have flippers and a ball. It used to hit these uh, little pegs, and it used to ring, and it would add up points. And people would always try and beat their score, their best score, or somebody else who played the game, they'd try and beat their score as well. And if they did, they got, you know, recognition on the pinball game. And usually these were in public places, you know, unlike the games today where everybody plays in private or they play online with a group of people. These were public uh, kind of arenas where people did this. 
But the point was this. The subconscious mind that we have is a gold mine of uh, valuable information, insights, learnings, and wisdoms, which we've had over the course of our lifetime. And it's all stored there. And the subconscious mind thinks about eight times faster, as you know, than the conscious mind. And the pinballs of connectivity is about getting a download in real time, which if you've ever had it happen, it isn't really a deja vu. Um, some people go, oh, you know, I saw that or I had this experience. It's really quite unique. What will happen is something will click in your mind about something that was implanted there at some point in your history along with something that either a group of people or an individual person says that basically gives you another piece to the puzzle of the invention. And it happens quite frequently. Even Steve Jobs used to talk about the pinballs of connectivity. So, you know, this this whole idea here is about us taking our, you know, our subconscious mind and accessing that mind to be able to get to the data based in real time so that there's a breakthrough. That's where the aha moment comes from, is that breakthrough moment where you basically go, oh, aha, I know what I was trying to get at here, and now I've gotten at it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And is there a, a process that you go through to get those pieces connected, or, or, well, or how, did, how would it work? A, a process, Lisa, but there is an opportunity mm-hmm. for people to recognize and be aware of what they're doing. So the greater you mm. are aware that the subconscious mind is this vast resource and that you're able to tap that vast resource through you basically making a connection in the immediate moments along with connections from your past or from learnings or university class or something that somebody said that got recorded, and you go, oh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, that's the solution to one of the things that I wanted to, Mm. that was part of it. And the more you're aware and the more you're open, it's really about your keen ability to be aware of this resource and to start to call on it more often. Oh, I see. Um, And and it's being, allowing yourself to be, uh, as you say, open to other things that might, you know, create connections that you would have missed had you gone down to the path of solid logic and deduction where A leads to B leads to C leads to D. Maybe there is a Z out there that could be the shortcut for you that gives you the solution you're looking for. Is that Would that be a proper that is, analogy? That is correct. There's an influence. And the influence, uh, call it from your higher self again, because I believe, obviously, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone, got, gone and gotten a degree in spiritual psychology if I didn't believe in this element. I do believe in the, the pragmatic and practical side of things and the linear side of things. But I believe sometimes what we can do if we are aware to this higher level is that we can create amazing products, services, ventures, developments, just through a thought. I use an example. Um, I was sitting mm-hmm. in a restaurant with a friend. I have a nonprofit called Compassionate Communications, and I did a big program with uh, Hallmark Cards 
some years back for patients that were dealing with life-threatening illnesses. And I had terminated that project, and a friend of mine was sitting in a restaurant, and he said, hey, what are you doing with the nonprofit? And I said, well, really nothing right now. He said, but what do you love? What do you love to do? And I said, you know, I really love tea. And I was drinking tea at the time, and I said, you know, maybe I could set up a subscription-based tea business where people could come in and all the profits would go to charity. And in that moment, I came up with the name Tea for We, a Sip for Health and Humanity. And Mm. I basically created that underneath the Compassionate Communications umbrella. And I went through, this is another serendipitous event. I was searching out tea companies and all of a sudden I'm walking through a corridor and I see a company locally here in Carlsbad called Buddha Teas. And I walk in and before I knew it, nine months later, I have a, um, an agreement with them. They're the sole provider of the teas. And the Red Cross has signed up with us, and we have more and more charities that will be signing up. So my point to that story is that you can take a small little idea of that, and you can manifest that idea into something, turns into something wonderful and beautiful as a result of you being aware, open, and conscious of what's actually happening and what it is that the universe is calling you to do. Because I think you're being called by Hmm. the universe on a frequent basis to do things but a lot of times we turn it off. We don't listen to it because we believe we're too busy or we don't have the time or we're not smart enough or we don't have the resources. Those resources will show up. I didn't have the tea. I had to find the tea company. And it was like right there. It was right, right it underneath happened my nose. To, It's serendipitous that it just happened to be there just as you were creating or you were grabbing on to this inspiration that you allowed yourself to be aware of. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And, <laughs> and those are just, you know, I could, I could recount, I'm not going to say hundreds of events like that, but, but plenty of events in my life where one thing led to another that led to another, that led to another, because you've opened up your consciousness to a point where you're accessing this flow that's coming into you and you're totally aware of what's around you and you're not afraid to ask so one of the things is like I could have walked right by that tea place and been afraid and said you know what I'm not going to ask these guys you know mm. they're too big they they're not interested in or I'll do it later a small little charity I'll yeah, do it later. exactly <laughs> right and I think mm. the key there is is that we have these fears about being open enough to ask for help, but the help is right there. Mm-hmm. It's always there. Yes, and, and you have a quote um, that I, you know, in some of the material you sent me, uh, into, you said intuition is something that is longing to be expressed and fulfilled by you. This longing is your desire to express your creative energy, which to me is, is you know, who you are, is the soul, is 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 that energy that makes you makes up you as a co-creator. I love that, that, you know, we, that that's what we are and your intuition is helping you express that. So, so I think people are probably going to be thinking, um, you know, that, well, first of all, you know, tell us again where we can get your book. Can they order it on well, Amazon? You can get the and... book at Amazon. Obviously it's in hardback, softback, ebook format. So they can go to just type in hacking the gap. Once you get to Amazon, it'll be there. Um, they can go to my website and they get free downloads. Um, there's three transcripts there and three audio interviews 
um, with some of the most fascinating people, Stephen Kotler, um, who wrote Rise, uh, the, he wrote a book called Abundance, uh, The Rise of Superman, quite a few books. Um, but Stephen Kotler is a gentleman who I'm fascinated with his studies on what he calls hacking flow and in the flow state. Uh, so there's a 12-page transcript there with him. There's one with Heather McCowan. Heather is the head of the innovation department at the University of Pennsylvania, one of the first uh, innovation departments in the country. She wrote a book called Disrupt Together. Because usually when you're innovating, you are disrupting something. You're changing. It might be a, a product that we have today, but we're just making it better. It's not maybe always something new. It sometimes is something that's already there, but we're trying to improve it. There's hundreds of examples of things we've improved. If you looked at the original cell phone, it isn't anything like what it is today. If you look at the original computers that we've been on, it isn't anything like what it is today. But the basic components of those computers and virtually what the process that it does is there, whatever they are. But they continue to be improved by the processors, the electronic circuitry, the ability to put more inside of a smaller box and the size of the of the semi the processors that are inside of there. So I love the interview with Heather. Um, you can download the transcript again, about 12 pages. And then there's actually an interview with my son, of all people, because I wanted his opinion about innovation. He's the chief design engineer at Adobe. And Adobe is one of the most creative software companies. We all use their products. We just don't always know we're using their products. So I actually interviewed him about the whole design process in a team basis and what it's like to innovate inside teams. So those are all available under the free resource section, www.hackingthegap.com, free resources. Just click on it. There's two free chapters there as well they can download. So there's a plethora of uh, information there. Fantastic. There's just, and it all sounds absolutely fascinating. It's gotten me all excited about it. And I think this is what uh, hacking the gap is something that everybody probably would love to be able to you know, ingest and be able to do. Can you imagine if you can just tap into your inner genius and get these incredible ideas that your, your intuition, your soul wants you to know so that you can basically co-create them probably what the, the, your, the divine guidance wants you to do and be. It, it's just, uh, I think that's how all the greats like, um, you know, uh, Einstein and Steve Jobs, all the great innovators and entrepreneurs were able to make their business go and put their ideas out into the world. Greg, it was so awesome to have you on the show. I mean, we're not even, we haven't even touched the surface yet and there's so much more I want to ask you and we're at, we're at the end. <laughs> Well, that's the way these shows go, but at least the listeners got a little bit of information. They got free resources. They got everything they need. And I love the quote, Einstein. I don't have it right here in front of me, but or I should say Albert Einstein said, you know, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is really what our society has chosen to develop. And he said that really – the challenge today is that we need to be spending more time with our intuitive mind and less time uh, uh, devoting so much to the rational mind. Uh, 90% of our critical decisions are made um, using our intuitive mind. So why not develop it and listen to it and act upon it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hacking the gap. Awesome book. Tells you how to do that, how to use your intuition for innovation, inspiration, change your life 
Thank you again, Greg Voison, for being with us. Uh, come back because there are more questions I wanted to ask. I would love to have you oh, back. Well, on I'd our love show. to be back on your show again, Lisa. I appreciate you taking the time well, to do this. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Loved it. I'm Lisa Kay, and you've been listening to Between Heaven and Earth Radio, Conscious Living for Your Soul. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time. Angel blessings to everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.